welcome to day 205 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season together, the story of the prophets. Uh, I'm Paul, here with uh, Matt and David and Katie, and uh, we're working our way through the prophecy of Jeremiah. Prophecy of Jeremiah, you know, in, in many cases is a mosaic. So you'll flash forward, you know, in history, then you'll come back in history, then you'll look even further beyond history, you know, the current history of Israel, you know, to a future, you know, date. So it's a mosaic of a lot of pieces of judgment and calls to repentance and lamentations all, you know, put together. When we come to, uh, you know, chapter 37, we're going to do something that's unusual in Jeremiah. Uh, the next few you know, chapters will be chronological in order, and they just meagerly go through the last days of the city of Jerusalem uh, you know, as it uh, falls to Nebuchadnezzar and the people are led into exile, and there's continuing you know, struggle to listen to God, even among the remaining people. You know, they're part of it. Jeremiah felt, you know, um, fares very well during this because of his faithfulness to God, but it is a very bleak time in the nation of Israel. So we pick up you know, in verse 37. It's probably you know, 12 or 15 years you know, later than you know, t- uh, verse 36. Uh, you had Jehoiakim who, in, a, in a verse 36, who you know, Jeremiah said because of his unfaithfulness to word would not have a son sitting on the throne. And so you see a generation skipped here. This is uh, Jehoiakim's brother. Uh, Zedekiah, who is the king that we meet in verse 37, and he will be the final king, um, you know, in in Israel before they're completely destroyed and taken into exile into Babylon. So, chapter 37, uh, as we do always, and we pause um, because we come into God's word. Our desire is to find ourselves in His presence, to hear, you know, from Him, and to be transformed by Him into the image of the Son whom he loves. So, Matt, before we read, do you mind uh, lifting us up with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together in your word. Thank you for the gift of your word to us and um, the power of your word to shape us and transform us into the image of Christ as we read, um, as the Spirit does um, his work in us through the word. And we ask uh, for that that work to be done. Uh, Father, as we read this, would you open our eyes to behold wonderful things? Would we be comforted and and convicted as well? Um, Father, would we behold you, um, see you in, in all of your beauty and, and worship? Uh, Father, we ask that this time would be um, a time that's pleasing to you, a time where we're reminded of um, of who you are, and, and that would be for your glory and our joy. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 37. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, was made king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He reigned in the place of Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim. Neither he or his attendants nor the people of the land paid any attention to the words of the Lord's and spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. King Zedekiah, however, sent Jehekul, son of Shalmiah, uh, with the priest Zephaniah, son of Mahasiah, to Jeremiah the prophet with this message. Please pray to the Lord our God for us. Now Jeremiah was free to come and go among the people, for he had not yet been put in prison. Pharaoh's army had marched out of Egypt, and when the Babylonians who were besieging Jerusalem heard the report about them, they withdrew from Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of me, Pharaoh's army, which has marched out to support you, will go back to its own land, to Egypt. Then the Babylonians return and attack the city, and they will capture it, and they'll burn it down. 
This is what the Lord says. Do not deceive yourselves, thinking the Babylonians will surely leave us. They will not. Even if you were to defeat the entire Babylonian army that is attacking you and only the wounded men were left in their tents, they would come out and burn the city down. After the Babylonian army had withdrawn from Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's army, Jeremiah started to leave the city to go to the territory of Benjamin to get his share of the property among the people there. But when he reached the Benjamin gate, uh, the captain of the guard, whose name was Erijah, son of Shelemiah, son of Hananiah, arrested him and said, You are deserting to go to the Babylons. That's not true, Jeremiah said. I'm not deserting to the Babylons. But Erijah would not listen to him. Instead, he arrested Jeremiah and brought him to the officials. They were angry with Jeremiah and had him beaten and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan, the secretary, which they had made into a prison. Jeremiah was put into a vaulted cell in a dungeon where he remained a long time. Then King Zedekiah sent for him and had him brought to the palace where he asked him privately, Is there any word from the Lord? Yes, Jeremiah replied, You will be delivered into the hands of the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah said to King Zedekiah, What crime have I committed against you or your attendants or this people that you've put me in prison? Where are your prophets who prophesied to you the king of Babylon will not attack uh, this land? But now, my Lord King, please listen. Let me bring my petition before you. Do not send me back to the house of Jonathan, the secretary, or I will die there. King Zedekiah then gave orders for Jeremiah to be placed in the courtyard of the guard and given a loaf of bread from the street of the bakers each day until all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah remained in the courtyard of the guard. And what a portent of you know what is to come giving bread as long as we have bread, but they're already, you know, very much running out of bread. There's one moment of hope, you know, as Nebuchadnezzar's army is gathered around and they started to build siege works. Uh, they hear that uh, Egypt is coming up against them. And of course, that is the hope of Israel at this time, that Egypt will defeat the Babylonians, uh, which would only end up for them being in the hand of the Egyptians. I don't know how they win on, on, on that one. And as in the time of Hezekiah, the armies withdraw and they're thinking, you know, God has, you know, heard our prayer and has heard our plea. Even those you know, prayers and pleas are made very superficially with no repentance and no respect you know, for God's word. And, uh, you know, God says through Jeremiah, no, nope, that's not what's happening this time. You can take a deep breath, but they'll be back. And even if you wipe out the entire army, <laughs> the, those who are wounded are left mm -hmm. in their tents. It's not even like they have to get yeah. up and get out of their tents. They're going to carry out, you know, what I have decreed against this city. You just can't. You just can't avoid the will of God. <laughs> no, you cannot. I mean, that's kind of the you biggest cannot. thing that I get from this passage. It's just God's will is going to be carried out, and um, that's unfortunate for. Well, there is a, a tension that it's because the people's will has often gone against mm -hmm. you know, the will. And rather than submitting to the word of God and his will and repenting, you know, they find themselves. This passage reminded me in some ways of, you know, Jesus speaking of Jerusalem and he says, oh man, you're the city that stones the prophets, you know, and I've longed to gather you under my arms and yet you're unwilling and, mm -hmm. you know, they'll eventually put Jesus to death. But even here you have Jeremiah. I mean, he's been pleading with his people time and time again with the kings and and what do we have? We don't have repentance. We don't have a, a turning to the Lord. Instead, we have a, a beating him and putting mm -hmm. him in prison, mm -hmm. you know, and he's just constantly 
you know, attacked by his own people, yeah, as he's faithfully delivering God's word to the people. Um, like, doesn't it make you want to contrast that with the false prophets who were telling them all the things that they wanted to hear and they wanted to listen to those prophets, but they didn't want to listen to the words of truth that were coming straight from the Lord. And how often do we long to hear what is it who who was it that itching says that, yeah our itching ears want to mm. hear well that would be that would be paul paul i figured yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah we long he to has hear a lot those to say things. in the new testament by the yeah. way that's true, well, that's true. Uh, verse 17 when king zedekiah comes to him he's like hey is there any word from the lord he's like <laughs> yeah. there is a word he's it's like not good. what is it <laughs> oh you're gonna be delivered to the hands of the babylonians it's like oh my gosh uh, same word but you see you know. well i mean I feel like verse two kind of sums it all up though. Like no people in the land paid attention to the words of the Lord mm -hmm. that had been spoken through Jeremiah, the prophet. And, and yet, you know, the first, uh, you know, a couple of verses record, you know, uh, the word of the Lord that it had come to Jehoiakim that you will not have anyone sit on the throne. Yeah. And he indeed did, you know, try to install his son who lasted about two weeks <laughs> and then is wiped out. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar replaces him with Zedekiah who, Ironically, is Jehoiakim's brother and was also a son of Josiah, but he does not bring the heart of his father, uh, you know, and the repentance, you know, that we found in Josiah when he heard the word of the Lord. It's just tough to see Jeremiah. I mean, you know, he goes through all this. He's been in the house of Jonathan for, it says, a long time. I don't know how long that was, but he finally gets taken out to meet with the king. But then, you know, do not send me back to the house of Jonathan, the secretary or I know I will die there. I mean, just seeing the agony and the the hardship he's going through and still being, you know, faithful is just what an encouragement. I don't really even, I can't yeah. wrap my mind around it, all and, that he suffered. And this so is, long. you know, a real challenge, you know, to the prosperity gospel that we, you know, we, we, we somewhat embrace, you know, if we're doing everything right, then everything will go right for us. And that's not necessarily what God has in store for us. You know, our faithfulness is not, you know, rewarded, you know, so much, you know, with uh, just all of the nice things that this life has to offer, an easy path. It's rewarded with, you know, God's presence himself, and that's our comfort even in the middle of things like this. And, of course, mm -hmm. you know, for those of us who are in ministry, this is, uh, you know, kind of a backdoor encouragement. Uh, you know, often we get discouraged with little bitty things, you know, that happen mm -hmm. to us. Uh, none of us, you know, have been, uh, you know, put in prison, ridiculed, or, you know, as will happen in the next chapter, thrown into the bottom of a cistern. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jeremiah did from the beginning, had a ministry, and the Lord told him, you know, you you will preach, but they won't hear, they won't respond. Uh, there are no real converts. You know, there are a few people that have respected his words somewhat, but they're kind of cowering in fear with the powers that be. So it's not a, not a pleasant task that's been given to Jeremiah, but it is one he's been faithful to. I think just one more thing that um, thought that I have is it just reminds me once again, as we read God's word, that um, trying to control things with my own power and my own cleverness, it's just not going to work. And it might feel like it works for a while. And I'm just thinking about, you know, the Israelites are, they try to make alliances with the right people while all the, all the while ignoring their sovereign God who faithfully brought them out, you know, right. of Egypt and gave them this land and gave them the prosperity that they had. Um, so just, man, 
to set my eyes on him and to seek his wisdom and his guidance instead of trying to strive for my own. And especially yeah. in moments of, um, of maybe desperation moments where there's a diagnosis moments of, of real struggle in this life, like to just, to look to him for that guidance and that provision instead of looking to my own efforts and, yeah. And well, as you, you know, pointed out at the beginning, you can't outrun God. And of course, the whole story of Jonah, you know, captures that you know theme in, you know, in spades. But Paul also told us, you know, don't be deceived. You know, God will never be mocked. Uh, we'll always, you know, sow what we reap. If we sow to please ourselves, we reap destruction. But if we sow by the Spirit to please God, we we reap life. And of course, that is is what we want. Not the best circumstances that life has to give us, but life itself that comes. Uh, from doing the will of the Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who have boldly followed you into hard places. And we ask your forgiveness for uh, sometimes timidly following you into easy places. Uh, Father, we thank you for the grace you give us. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the testimony of Scripture that, you know, as Paul said, is there to encourage us. And uh, may we be encouraged by you know, Jeremiah's faithfulness to you, but even more, may we be encouraged by your faithfulness to Jeremiah and to us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.